Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast night on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard this inspirational flight with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, Mr. Man of Purpose himself, your host, J.R. Dicklin.
A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today. I do apologize for that slight delay getting into you today, but what a show that we have lined up, we believe, on tonight. Uh, definitely a show that is drawing much interest uh, because of the most recent uh, tragedy that we've heard of that happened over the weekend, and that tragedy involved a, uh, a 25-year-old Kansas City chief linebacker by the name of Javon Belcher and the, his 22-year-old girlfriend and, a wife, and the mother of his three-month-old daughter by the name of Cassandra Bell. And unfortunately, over the weekend, uh, this was a domestic violence, homicide, suicide, which Mr. Belcher uh, shot repeatedly, uh, Mrs. Bell, and then drove to the facility there at the Kansas City Chief Arrowhead Stadium and shot himself. And what a tragedy it has been all over the country. It's made national news. And uh, as you know, here every particular Monday, we address the subject of uh, abuse, domestic violence, abuse, rejection, abandonment, all of those things that causes pain in one's life. And so tonight you're listening to Hope and Healing, and I'm so glad that you've joined us. I am expecting a special guest uh, to join me a little later on on tonight, um, a dear friend, a colleague of mine uh, that uh, I haven't spoken to her in a while, but I know this story here has definitely grabbed her attention, and I'm hoping that I'm going to hear from it's uh, uh, Sunny Slaughter a little later on in the show. But right now, you're listening to us live here on Soul of America Radio. This is Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, and you're listening to J.R. Thicklin. And if you'd like to reach us, if you'd like to call in, you can reach us at area code 323-784-9638. That's area code 323-784-9638. If you'd like to have a comment or question, please hit the number one on your keypad. That'll let the engineer know that you desire to have a question or comment, and we will get to you. And for those of you that are listening directly over uh, the Internet there, you're listening to us at www.soulofamericaradio.com. And so I just want you to know tonight, this show is live, this show is streaming live, and this show is also uh, available in archives, each and every one of our shows. You can go back and listen to the archives of it. As a matter of fact, invite someone else to do so as well. So even tonight as we get started, and I know we'll be up on a break real soon, I want to talk about this tragedy, and this tragedy uh, especially hit kind of close to me uh, this particular weekend. I was uh, in uh, Ocala, Florida, and I was there actually for a brotherhood conference in which they had the gall, they had the audacity and the boldness to actually address the issue of domestic violence in the community. And when I say that, I say that uh, very much in a sarcastic way, but in a very fun way, because, in fact, I, I applaud those men there that were bold enough to actually address the subject. They had me there as their guest speaker and their facilitator, and we addressed this issue of domestic violence in the community, in the home, and how it happens on every front. And it's an amazing thing because before I could even hit, uh, get back and return home, here's the story here about the young man, Mr. Uh, Mr. Javon Belcher, the linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs. And what a sad tragedy it is, folks. And I don't want to be guilty of what so many will do. And they will uh, they will make this a big story for, for a minute, and then it dies down. And we forget about really the people that are involved here. And the people that are involved here is, is not only the family of Mr. Belcher, but the family of Cassandra Bell, and even more readily, folks, 
the three-month-old baby by the name, I believe her name is Zoe, three-month-old baby who will never, ever know their parent, who will never know their mother or their father because of this tragic death that took place over the weekend. And so the question tonight is that what is it that drives a person to this particular uh, type of a mindset? What is it that causes a person to actually uh, to unload on a person that they love, a person that they are uh, supposed to engage to, a person that they even have a three-month-old child with? What is it that causes a person to do such of a uh, such an act? And I know that's a question that's been asked by many of you that are listening even now, and I definitely want to get a chance to answer that, and I invite your comments. I invite your questions as well. But here's the situation. There's a show that is on, and I know that it's on Oxygen. It's called Snapped. And, uh, you know, I've heard of it in time past, but I actually had opportunity to watch it a little bit on last evening. And what are some tragic stories as we see some horrendous and very horrific uh, uh, crimes where people have killed other people, mostly in love triangles, a relationship and retaliation and vengeance and jealousy. And, and for whatever reason, they call it snap because of the fact supposedly in this passion or heat that these things happen. But I don't exactly subscribe to this snap theory when it comes to domestic violence. For one reason, I like to think that it's more calculated, it is more cold, it is more of a sense of control that has taken place inside of this. And we see these things happen way too often. People, I cannot tell you, this is tragic. This happens way too often in our society. Across this country, documented, there's over 1,500 murder-suicides that are happening per year, and those are the ones that can be documented and, and proven, and it's happening in people's lives. And the reality is, is what is it that causes a person to not only, when I say the 1,500 murder-suicides, I'm talking about the 1,500 murder-suicides that become public. In the case of Mr. Belcher, where after he repeatedly shot uh, his um his, the mother of his child and his fiance. he then, he leaves the scene, drives to where he plays ball, Kansas City there to the stadium, and he's on the phone with the coaches and the president of the, of the team and thank them for what uh, they have done and giving them an opportunity, and then he kills himself. Oftentimes we're told that when these type of public displays happen, it is because of the fact that the individual is sending a message. And the question has been asked, well, why does that happen? And I want you to hear this tonight because so many people will have a comment and speculation why this happened. A lot of times we tend to put domestic violence in a box. We tend to think that it happens with people who are down on their luck or people who are struggling and people who doesn't have money. And, folks, we repeatedly find out that that is not true, that domestic violence does cause every socioeconomic ethnic Lie. It doesn't matter whether you are. It doesn't matter whether you are rich or poor. It doesn't matter whether or not you drive a BMW or push a skateboard. The reality is, is that when we begin to talk about domestic violence, it is an epidemic in our society, and our culture is becoming more and more filled with violence. There's not a single day that you can go without hearing about violence of domestic violence sort happening in our communities. And the reality is, folks, is that we have become so 
somewhat tolerable of it as a nation, as a people, as a community. Because I tell you, no one is beating down the doors to actually help domestic violence victims. No one is beating down the doors to actually help organizations, even such as mine, that are trying to address the issue of domestic violence before they end up in the shelter, before they end up in the hospital, before they end up in the morgue. And we have to be very, very uh, specific, and we have to be very serious about this because lives are being impacted by the hundreds of thousands and by the millions. It is happening, and it's happening. In, and, of course, this big tragedy that we see happening right now, this big tragedy that we see happening right now is just sad. It is very sad, and we've got to do something about it. We've got to take the opportunity to address it, and I'm going to do just that. On the other side of the break, we're going to take a break at this time, but on the other side of the break, this is what I want us to do. On the other side of the break, I want to take on your questions. I want to hear your answers. I want to hear your comments, and we're going to dive into this whole issue of domestic violence and this tragedy in Kansas City. I'll see you right on the other side of the break. So glad that you're listening here. The hope of healing is returning home. Sandra Bell, uh, 22 years old. A tragedy it is, and surely when we hear these types 
things in our in our society. Uh, a lot of attention goes to it. But I want to make sure and want to make perfectly clear that you understand that we're talking about this issue every single day and on this particular show every Monday. And so it's not even about the high-profileness of it, but the fact that he was a, quote, football player and someone that folks know or see on the field. That is what has driven this story. But I don't want to forget about the Mary Q. Publix and the and, and the John Q. Publix in which this happened in their lives every day. Uh, so, um, so you need to understand inside of this is that what we're dealing with is the fact of a tragedy that is happening way too often. Now, we see here in the case of Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Belcher that this was tragic. It's my understanding that not only did he murder her, but he literally murdered her there in front of people and then got in his car and went this far. So the question is tonight, and this is a question that's been asked all, what is it that caused people to do this? What is it that drives, what is that breaking point? And what if you're in a relationship that perhaps you've seen some signs of abuse? Maybe there's been the verbal abuse, and I don't want to minimize that for one moment, because too often that is exactly what happened. People, we minimize abuse. We minimize the verbal abuse. We minimize the emotional abuse. We minimize the isolation and those tactics of that nature. And before we know it, it's escalated to something full-blown and that is often out of control. One of the things that we often say in the field is the fact that long before the victim is beat uh, beat uh, up, they are beaten down by the words and by the verbal abuse that happens and that occurs. So tonight, as I reach out to, to you tonight, I want you to understand this is a tragedy, and this tragedy is of great proportion here because of the fact it leaves behind, people listen to what I'm saying, it leaves behind a three-month-old baby, a daughter, who will never know her mother nor her father. It impacts a family that's left behind, both Mr. Belcher's family as well as Miss Bell family, and even more so the friends and folks that are related to them. And the question is today, people, did anybody see the signs? What was what were the signs? Upon further investigation and research, what have we discovered? That uh, she had left for just a short period of time. Uh, there had been some uh, disagreements. There had been some dispute about the child, and yet it's still. You know, no one saw this coming. And so I want your question, I want your comments tonight as we look into this and dive into this. If you're calling in tonight at area code 323-784-9638 and you desire to have a question or comment, please hit the number one, the number one on your keypad there, and then let our engineer know that you have a question or a comment, and we will acknowledge you at that time. For those of you that are listening live or by the Internet there tonight, Definitely, you can email us there at the box there at soulofamericaradio.com. And in our inbox there under Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, you can leave a message there as well. And we will definitely address it as soon as possible. So we have an issue here. We're not talking about old people. We're talking about young people. Lives are just really starting, age 25 and age 22. And we continue to ask, what is the profile of a batterer? What is the profile of a perpetrator? What do they look like? What can we look for? What do, you know, how do they walk? How do they talk? What should we look for inside of their profile? And this is what makes it so interesting, people. Because a lot of times you don't see these things until way too late. A lot of times the very signs that you need to know, you see them way too late. Or oftentimes people do see the sign, but they feel that they can deal with it. It'll be all right. It won't go any further. We you know, once this happened or once that happens, it'll be good. But too often that 
turns out to be untrue, that in all actuality people's lives are uh, ruined forever inside of abusive relationship. And unfortunately, in this case, we're talking about a relationship that ended in death. So when we talk about what are those signs, what what is too far? And that's the question I want to put out to you tonight. Uh, those of you that are listening, those who like to call in, area code 323-784-9638. Area code 323-784-9638. And this is a serious matter. It is serious because of the fact of the lives, of the lives that have been impacted. You know, uh, uh, in NFL uh, uh, news, they were saying how they have now counselors there for the players because of this tragic death and what happened. I actually have a, I do have a person I know whose son actually plays on the Kansas City Chiefs there. He's a cornerback with them. And I can only imagine what they must, must be feeling. But think about on the other hand here, Cassandra Bell. No one knows her name because, of fact, she's not out there playing football. She's not there, out there in the public every week. But, just, but she is equally, if not more important, uh, in the life of many people, and especially this baby's life, Zoe. I mean, a three-month-old baby who has been left homeless. And so my question to you is, when is enough enough? When is enough enough? What are those signs? When is the best time to exit? When, are, when, when should you just make up your mind that I need to count my losses? Or when should I take the threat seriously? Those are questions that I pose to you, the audience today. I pose to you not because I don't know the answer, not because I don't have an idea, but I want to know what you're thinking tonight. I want to know what you're thinking. Perhaps you're listening. Perhaps you yourself know someone who's been in an abusive relationship, dangerous, threats, and things have happened. How did you feel? How did you handle that? What do you say to them? 323-784-9638. If you'd like to call in or you'd like to have a question, please hit the number one on your keypad, and uh, our engineer will know that you're there, and we will acknowledge your call tonight. Uh, this is Hope and Healing, our journey to wholeness, and I'm your host, J.R. Ficklin. And this is happening. People, my heart is crushed behind this. It is crushed behind it because, once again, in a society that pushes so many things, we don't have a balance, and we don't take the time to understand how how one thing actually impacts another. You know, when you play a balanced sport and you're out there playing balanced sports and things, you've got to have some conscience of how do I turn that off? How do I turn it off when I'm off that field? How do I turn it off inside of my dealing with everyday people, inside of dealing with my wife or my uh, my girlfriend in his case, and, or when I'm dealing with people that are in my life? Because it was uh, – uh, it, it, it's just really a tragic situation here. How, when do you turn it off? You know, and then how many times do we find that society will oftentimes make excuses for individuals that are not only athletes, individuals that are entertainers, individuals that are celebrities? We make excuses for them in many cases. But people, there's no excuse. This was tragic. This is tragic. Uh, somebody's got to understand here today that we've got to take signs very seriously. And one of the other things I like to say, we live in a society, and I understand, the, you know, the, the right to bear arms, but I'm just, I'm just so concerned that everyone has a gun, can have a gun, and it matters not. You know, why is it that everyone is carrying guns? And when everyone is carrying guns, everyone, uh, you know, is like, make my day. If I don't like what you said, if you push me too far, this is where I'm going. Where is the conscience of people these days? Where is that type of conscience? Do people not care 
about the life of another. And that's really the story here. That's really uh, the case here today. And I'd like to hear from you today. What would you do? What are the things that you would say? And I'm so glad I have a caller on the line. I'm almost hoping that this is, this is uh, my guest is going to be coming on soon that I've, uh, that I've reached out to. But right now I want to bring the call on the line, uh, uh, number ending in 8823. I want to say good evening and welcome to Hope and Healing. Caller, are you there? caller there, but it seemed like they must have their hand on the button to release the number one button. Good afternoon, caller. Are you there? Hello? All right. Uh, I'm going to ask that caller to just take their hand off the button. Sound like they're holding that particular button there. We'd love to bring them on the air, but they seemingly it's holding that button there. Okay. All right. So we'll get back to that caller in just a little bit. There, but uh, if you like, if you like to have something to say, please feel free uh, uh, tonight to just hit the number one on your keypad, and we'll get right to you. You're listening to Hope and Healing: A Journey to Wholeness, and I'm your host, J.R. Thicklin. The case here of this particular uh, young man, which is very interesting, because in fact, here's a young man. He was undrafted. He was undrafted into the NFL, but yet it's still he worked hard and found his way on a team, and so there's a lot to say about that. Undrafted, found his way on the team. So we understand sheer guts and determination. We understand how that worked. We understand the fact that uh, he has done well for himself. But the reality is, is that fact that uh, this tragedy happened. And I want to take a caller, a caller on the line there. The number ended in four zero three three. I want to say good evening and welcome to Hope and Healing. Good evening. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yes, sir. Man, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I, I I was on another phone and couldn't get through. But um, but but I, I my name is Tony, and I was calling in because, man, it, you know this thing, two things jump out at me, jump out at me about this tragedy. Um, number one is what you said when you first started the show. Uh, so many times I see a nation pulled together in mourning over something like this, and then the the the, the message of domestic violence rises to the top like foam. When you pour Coca-Cola, and then after a, a day or two, you know when you when you stop drinking the Coke, the foam goes back down into the glass, exactly. and you don't see it anymore. And but but that doesn't negate the fact that the substance in the glass that was causing the foam is still there. So it still it, you might not see the foam right now. And 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 and, and the tragic part about this whole thing, Jay, is. Somewhere else in America, according to the statistics, that happened somewhere else. Somebody else shot their girlfriend or wife somewhere in America within 15 minutes of him doing that. But because they didn't have the status that Mr. Belcher has, we'll never know about it. And the thing about it is somebody did it somewhere tonight, according to the statistics. You're and exactly tomorrow right. and the You're next exactly night. Right. And and what we're doing is and 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 and, I, and I'm not, I'm in no way saying that we are reacting wrong, but I think the focus uh, I think that now that we have this foam rising to the top, I think that it's a good time for us to sort of sort of put our heads together and sort of uh, 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 give this thing a little bit more respect. And what I mean by that is is that this kind of stuff happens every day. It's just because of the the status that this young man had that it's it's risen to the top. 
So I I think that, n- number one, that jumped out at me. I think that this is a great time for people to kind of look, learn a little bit more about it, and that takes me to my second point. We keep trying to put a label on domestic violence. We, che- we keep trying to put a face on it, and we, we picture the drunk guy, uh, a lot of us from what I hear, that his, uh, comes home, drinks and beats his wife, and 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 in a mess, shabbles. Or we picture the super sharp guy that comes in and 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 real real quiet, but people know he's secretly doing it behind closed doors. Everything I've read, and I'm not a big sports fan, but everything that I've read about this gentleman, I mean, perfect family model, uh, uh, gave to causes. That there was nothing that I read or anybody else read. That would indicate this was coming. So that's another strange thing about this uh, event that happens every other day. You can't put a face on it. So I, I just wanted to call in because those two things hop right out at me. We, we can't let continue to let the phone go down. If you know somebody that you feel may be going through something like this, reach out to them right away. Reach out to them because right now the phone is at the top of the glass. People are willing to talk, Jay. People are willing to say, well, you know what? I, I, I didn't want to say anything, but I, I, I kind of been going through something. Or I know somebody that's going through something. The form is at the top of the glass. And number two, it doesn't matter what kind of position they have. It doesn't matter what they, what, what they are in the city. They could be a cop. They could be a lawyer. They could be a doctor. It is still a possibility that someone may be hurting. You know, you hit it right on the head, and you, you made so many great points because what we're dealing with, when we begin to dress it up in these labels, it also gives a false sense of security, a false sense of notion, and watches a very reinforced denial to people because the denial is reinforced because that person doesn't fit that profile or I don't feel that fit that profile. I'm not a drunk, or he's not a drunk, or she's not a drunk. Or, you know, they don't look this way. And so because of that, we deny that it's happening, or we don't see the signs that it's happening. And, 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 and that is, that's really a shame because the fact, once again, here is a issue that really gets swept up under the rug. Now, there are many problems in this, in this movement. For one thing, for way too long, we've tried to pigeonhole it to make it look a certain way. And that's been mm-hmm. detrimental, and that hurts. On the other hand, we have another problem, and that other problem is the fact that, once again, we continue to only uh, raise the issue when there's high-profile cases, and it'll be, I love your analogy, with the foam. You know, it, you know we, we will raise it for just a moment, but we've got to get people aboard from across all sectors. We've got to get people aboard. I mean, there got to be organizations, there got to be grassroots things that have happened, and it has to be beyond just shelters because we need to be able to get people before, before they get to the shelter. We need to be able to reach them before there's a need for the shelter. So we have some serious issues even at a grassroots level. The grassroots of grassroots is just people, family members, Mary Q. Public, Jane Q. Public, who sees these things happening and, and, and perhaps decide not to reach out, or the individual who is going through, you know, who doesn't feel a place of safety, who can I tell, are afraid of what may happen. And here's a case here, you, you paint the picture perfectly. As much as I've read about Mr. Belcher, there doesn't seem to be a history of this type of behavior, other than the most recent time when there was a breakup and there was an argument that pursued and those things happened. But in this case here, the tragedy of not only killing the mother of his three-month-old kid, 
but then mm. killing himself and literally right. ripping the heart out of both families. And that's right. the reality. A three-month-old who literally will be, unfortunately, won't be able to escape going on a computer somewhere in the future, whether wow. she goes on or her friend goes on, and will be able to say, yeah, your daddy killed your mother and killed himself. And no wow. one thinks of that. And this is a sad tragedy. You know, I, I was looking more and more. T- I mean, here's a guy who worked himself. I mean, he wasn't drafted. He wasn't, you know, first-round draft pick, whatever. So he was a hard, I mean, he worked hard to get to where he was. I understand that he just signed a new contract, I think, uh, either one year, $2 million a contract. But he's worked himself in the starting lineup and all those things there. And you would mm-hmm. think that life was great. Life is good. I've, you know, I've made it. I've defied odds. You know, I've, I've made the NFL. I've made it to a starting position on the team, although I was not drafted. I have a beautiful girlfriend, and I have a three-month-old child. And wow. it still leads to question, what possibly could have happened? We might never know. But the reality is that I continue to say we've got to not only know the signs of domestic violence, we've got to open our eyes wider we got to understand that inside of this whole issue of power control, you know, there's a lesson to be learned on both ends. And the lesson of those that, 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 that afflict abuse and things is to understand that no one is here for you to control them. No one is here for mm-hmm. you to exert that type of power. A relationship is that is a relationship, not a dictatorship. And it's mm-hmm. not those type things. You know, and we just can't always exert our will on someone, and it's tragedy when this happened. You know, unfortunately, we've seen it across the board, whether they're a professional athlete, whether they're a doctor, clergy, police officer, it doesn't discriminate. And sadly enough, man, do you understand lives? These aren't just numbers. These are lives. You just said it. Statistics says that every 12 mm-hmm. seconds in this country, namely a female, is battered. But there's another statistic that's saying that every 29 seconds, a male is battered in a domestic violence incident. But that it's every six hours a female dies at the hand of a perpetrator. That's that true. Is- and, and it, it's amazing. And tonight, um, I'm, I'm actually working with you on the show. I'm, I'm, I'm watching the same board that you're watching. And I just wanted to tell people... When when you first got in, I sort of stood in for you. The the lines were full. Don't get me wrong, but when I went back and as Jay, as as you do the show, I go out and I sort of promote it on Facebook Live. When I put in that the discussion was of the recent recent murder suicide slash domestic violence domestic abuse, the lines lit up, and so there are lots of people listening right now. I can look at it and tell. The board is full. Why? Because people care, Jay. They know that th- that this type of thing is something that is running rampant, and that they care, man. That's why this that's why this board is full. And I would encourage people, just like you've been doing, call in and share. Call in and tell people what you think about it, man. Because this kind of thing, the foam is at the top now. There could be somebody that's listening that might be able to connect with something you say that might cause them to call in tonight for help or, or, or send Jay a, a, a private personal email that he can read and, and help them out. So I would encourage all of these people that are sitting on the phone. I'm looking at it. It's, it's full. I would encourage you guys to call in. I know online is just crazy. We had close, The last show you had had close to 300 people just sitting there on our boards. I couldn't even see the rest of the people. 
So wow. I would encourage somebody just please call call in and share. And, and I definitely I definitely invite them to because you know in most cases. They know someone who has been in similar situations. They know someone who may be in something. You don't need to wait to get to this point here where they're gun drawn and where it's this type of violence. But there is, you know, because we want to give, you know, we want to be able to give hotline numbers. You know, uh, the one eight hundred seven nine six safe number. We want to be able to give other uh, resources if people need those resources in order uh, to uh, get help. Because the silence is not going to help anyone. Uh, we have to break that silence there. And if we don't break that silence, what happens is that we could continue to contribute to this. And so I say to those that are out there listening today uh, and those that may be listening by Internet, if you'd like to call in and have a comment, or those of you that are already waiting on the board, please call in at area code 323-784-9638 and hit the number one. The number one, and that will let us know that you want to have a comment or you have a question uh, that you might want to ask. But listen, it's no time for silence. Somebody must, somebody out there, know of someone that's in very similar situation. Uh, you know, uh, you know, in, in my position, uh, Tony, I've heard it. I've heard it all. I've heard some of the most uh, tragic stories that you can imagine. And so, you know. Uh, you know, we want to continue to reach out to people. Look like we do have another caller on the uh, board there. Uh, why don't we get this caller in? Uh, number ending in 2928. Number ending in 2928. Let's see if we can get the caller in. Welcome to Hope and Healing. Call it. You're on the air. Hi. My name is Andromeda Brooks. Hi, Andromeda. How are you? Good. And yourself? I'm doing great. How can we help you? I, I'm, I'm assuming had you heard about the tragedy there uh, involving a Kansas yeah. City player? I actually literally just read up on it just wow. now. So and on the computer. I heard a little bit about it, but I didn't know for sure what it was exactly about. And what do you think, but though, now that you read up on it? What What do you think about it? Well, domestic violence happens in all ages, you know, all types of people. You don't, there isn't necessarily a profile to follow. I was in a domestic violence situation myself to where he definitely was going to kill me. So he put a gun to my head, and that was going to be the last breath I took. Wow. So, you know, yeah. and, and you know, you're a young lady, and you've had that happen just like this. I mean, Cassandra, Cassandra Bell here mm-hmm. is 22 years old, and uh, Javon Belcher is 25 years old. Young people. And, and the fact, mm-hmm. I, I mean, let's just face it, someone putting a gun to your head or someone pulling a gun on you is frightening. But it's even more devastating when it's happened for someone that says they love you or someone that you've been loved with mm-hmm. and that you're with. And so the tragedy here is 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 just really is sweeping everywhere because from all counts, people are going, this should have happened or why, why did this happen? And yet it's still, it did happen here. So in this case here, you know, in your case, you said you knew that that uh, that he was going to kill you. What did well, you do he to actually get out? pulled the gun out and put it to my head. So, and he let me know that he showed me where he was gonna bury my body. You know, he 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 put me step by step through everything that he was gonna do for me, do to me. And he said he was gonna kill himself, but he wasn't gonna kill himself. Wow. So, but um, what I did with him is, you know, I didn't yell, I didn't scream, I I didn't go crazy. I was calm, and as he was telling me what he was gonna do, I sat there and I listened and. You know, I prayed, and I just started talking to him. 
and I started to tell him about all the nice times we had together and just to kind of get his mind off of me leaving and he's never gone, you know, I'll be the only person he's with and how he loves me so much that he can't live without me and just to kind of get him to think about, okay, well, if you love me, then why would you do this and kind of get him to calm down and to really just think about how much it is that you love me and how, how do you express that love by hurting someone you love. So, well, well, I'm going to say doing that. that, that <laughs> you you that actually, helps. well, that's actually good advice there and what you're saying because what you did was this. You did not escalate the situation by, you know, by threatening or, you know, and many times say, well, go ahead, do what you're going to do. Or you didn't escalate yeah. the situation by saying, you know what, I'm not worried about it, if you, you know. And, and I think that's very important because, you know, there's an old adage that says that when you, have your hand, when you have your head in the lion's mouth, you have to ease it out slowly and not uh, mm-hmm. to, to agitate the situation by uh, making idle threats or trying to uh, compete one thing upon another there. And so eventually uh, – because you went that route, um, assuming he, he removed the gun and and you were able to uh, eventually get out of it. Yeah, I actually was able to get him to put the gun in my hand, and I, I showed him that I wasn't going to hurt him or anything, and I took the gun and I put it in a box and slid it under the bed. So, and then, wow. you know, just tried to keep the, I, I had to keep him calm because just because the gun was under the bed, didn't mean he couldn't choke me. He's done that before. So, wow. you know. You, wow. you got to definitely actually listen to yourself and listen to the person and observe, you know, their actions. You can't be all loud and, and yelling and screaming and having calling everybody in the world to come and yell and scream at them because it just makes the situation worse. Wow. And, and so so inside of a situation like this, and, and for many people that are listening, there are many people out there that are on the board right now. There are many people that are listening uh, over the Internet uh, about the subject matter here. But let me ask you this question here. Did you see, was there any sign to you that that was coming? In other words, that, that this individual would get to the place where they would literally uh, put a gun to your head. Did you see any signs coming and if you did, did you take them seriously? There was a lot of signs. <laughs> there were a lot of signs, and I, I chose to ignore those signs because I thought he loved me. So he wants to be with me all the time. He wants to keep me to himself. I, I wasn't allowed to talk to my family. He was jealous of my baby brother. He was jealous of my mom. He, If I talked to my mom too much, it was an argument. It, it was just a lot of different things, and I chose to ignore them because at that time I was like, I was young, and I'm thinking, he loves me. He just wants to be with me all the time. But then, you know, as I started to look back on certain things, I'm like, this isn't healthy, him throwing things at me or, or being mean and cursing me out or yelling at me or calling me names in front of people, belittling me. This this isn't right. But I didn't fully look at it until I finally broke myself away from him. And, you know, after the fact, after um, I finally got out, he still, he, I thought he wasn't going to find me, but he found me. So he still found me and stalked me for a while. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's not an easy situation. And people always say, oh, you're so stupid because you stayed, and, but you don't know the situation. You can't call the woman or the man stupid. It's not as easy as you think to get out, especially depending on the man or the woman you're dealing with. Because you've got to think it's the safest way for you to get out safely and alive. Well, 
Well, you definitely hit it on the head because it's too too often the assumption is made, well, why don't they just leave? Well, it's not that easy, and that's why we have to understand, you know, and putting together a safety plan on how do I leave because, you know what, you may have had an incident to happen, but you might not be able to leave right then immediately, and let's just face it. Statistics show that more people are injured or killed or more severely injured or killed when they leave the relationship than those that remain in it. So even in this case here with Cassandra Bell, and I know you read a little bit uh, about it there, mm-hmm. it talks about the fact that she had left him just for a few days or whatever, you know, and still this was a dispute over the three-month-old baby, and she had returned. And so here, here it is that, that, that she returns, but she had left him. And so in his mind, you know, you, you've taken power from me. You've taken control from me. I'm not going to let you take my baby or, or whatever it's going to be. And now we're talking about a tragedy. I mean, this mm-hmm. wasn't a, oops, the gun went off. This was several shots that was fired. Mm-hmm. And, and then for and him. You also have to think of the mental ability of the person. Some some of these people, I mean, if you, you look at, because once I got out, I really looked at his, his, his mental health, and I looked at his family's background. His family was dysfunctional. So you got to look at like all these different things that, you know, people might think is okay because they see mommy, daddy, grandma do it, but it's not okay, or if they have a mental illness that is not diagnosed. Yeah, you're exactly right. Now, you, you bring up a great point, and I'm glad that you're here. For those of you that are listening, you listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, right here on the Soul of America Radio. I'm your host, J.R. Thicklin. And we have here a guest with us, Andromeda. And you, you, you brought up some very important things, and people don't like to hear this, but you said that you do need to consider the person's uh, mental health and their mental history, even including their family members. And listen, if you see all that dysfunctionality that is there, chances are you're going to deal with some dysfunctionality inside of this individual. And and although some people can see it, but they want to play rescue, or they believe that they can change an individual, you know, they'll be all right. What they need is, you know, and we have to count those type of costs because, of fact, mm-hmm. in many ways, those are the early signs that are there. What do they have a propensity of doing? And will they do it to me? And that's something that mm-hmm. is very, very important. So, wow, yes, I mean, that, that, is, that is very powerful there. And you, you brought up another point, and I just want to definitely, uh, you know, give mention to this other point that you brought up. And that point was the fact that what happens inside of these situations also is the fact that, you know, you can't leave right away. And even after you've left, that many times these individuals will still track you down, stalk you, and uh, it's not that easy. It can be a very painful road. And so that's therefore, it's so important to understand who you're dealing with and to make the proper moves because it can be fatal, and you just can't always get out. You have to have a plan, and that plan has to be a plan that you're going to have to follow through with in order to find safety. Wow, that, that that's very interesting comments. I appreciate it. Anything else you'd like to say to this story? Because we will be covering this story uh, for a while to really look at what hap- what's happening. And I'm and I'm I'm really uh, hoping that the NFL will take a step up, and which I do know they do have some programs there for uh, the players to go through as it relates to domestic violence. But how much of it is mandatory, I don't know. How much of it is on a at-will basis, I don't know. But I do know that this tragedy here uh, hopefully has awakened uh, the NFL. And I really think that I hope that this also will cause the NFL to consider, just as they support breast cancer awareness, 
They need to have yes. a campaign inside yes. of supporting and addressing the issue of domestic violence. And I think that that is something that I personally want to write a letter to the commissioner about because I think that it's very crucial in this day and time. And so I thank you so very much. Uh, I want to go to a break real quick. Uh, keep holding on there. Those of you that are listening here, you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I'm your host, J.R. Ficklin, and I'm so glad that you're with us tonight right here on the Soul of America Radio. And we'll be back with you right after the break on the other side. You can call in at every call free. Here 
just continue to point back to a cultural issue that we have in our society where this type of violence, this type of violence uh, has escalated so much. And I could very well say, you know, you know, it happens to everybody, and it does. I could tell you that men are victims, and they are. But I'm telling you, the overwhelming, disproportionate number of victims that are that are victims of domestic violence and these type of tragic domestic violence homicide suicide is way too much it's occurring way too much in our society and we're talking about you know how do we recognize those warning signs what are those things that we need to be looking for even ahead of time you know and uh we had a guest on the line there caller uh miss uh andrometer and she 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 shared her own personal story of going through something very tragic and thank god it did not end up in in a in, as a fatality but still having a gun uh, a gun pointed at your head and uh and telling you how you're going to be killed is no walk in the park and so even tonight as we're here i'm telling you right now we're going to Go right until we're going to go right into the uh, ten thirty hour here on the East Coast uh, and nine thirty on the Central, and of course you, you that are there in the Western Time Zone uh, will be here to seven thirty your time. This subject is worth discussing. I think we need to continue to look at what we're saying here today. Uh, Eric code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. Area code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. If you'd like to have a question or comment, just hit the number one on your keypad, and uh, that'll let our engineer know that you have something to say or question to ask. And we invite that today because this is a serious matter. Perhaps you have a story to share of your own or someone that you know. Perhaps you know someone that's in trouble and you don't know what to do. I want to give the number out for the National Domestic Violence Hotline. The National Domestic Violence Hotline number is 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. And uh, definitely, it doesn't matter what time of day or night, if you're in trouble, if you're fearful for your life, I invite you and I urge you to pick up that phone and call, call, call for help. That's what it's there for. And so many that are listening to uh, my voice now, uh, listen, you are familiar with the tragedy of domestic violence. I know well, I know well too often of the tragic of domestic violence, not only as dealing with it from an advocate, but dealing with it for, as being clergy to listening to people that are going through, as well as uh, I have dealt with it on every end and side of the issue of domestic violence. No one is a winner. No one wins in domestic violence because it's pain that will 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 be deep in the hearts of those that are left behind. And unfortunately, we see this happening. Do you understand the tragedy and, and the impact that this happened that this have on a family? Uh, the rebuilding. So many things shift when these type of tragedies happen. So you that are listening today, you that are listening by phone, I really invite your comment. I invite your question uh, on tonight. Uh, excuse me, I invite your question and your comments on tonight as we address this very serious subject matter here, dealing with the uh, tragedy of domestic violence, of homicide, suicide. And let me say something to you. And I want to say it, and I want to say it with the, I mean, with the most sincereness of it. The increase of domestic violence and domestic violence, homicide, and suicide is growing way, way out of proportion here. And we've got some serious work to do. Very serious work to do. I think the fact that we don't do anything to call this to the attention nationally has really brought about a real serious issue here. And I think, on the other hand, and I do notice that we have a caller that we're going to get to your caller right after, uh, right at the top of the hour here. And 
the fact that as a society we do not address this situation, we do not call out, we do not, uh, we do not um, hold people accountable, we allow a culture of violence to continue on, we minimize people, we have objectified uh, women in this country, we continue to treat uh, them in many cases like property, and as a result of it, our culture continued to almost almost promote in its own way uh, domestic violence. And I'm not saying that it's promoting this type of tragedy, but I'm saying the culture environment has been made definitely ready for this type of violence to, to happen. And so we must be very careful about this, and we must be very upfront about it. We must sound the alarm about domestic violence. And it is a tragedy. It is a tragedy more than what we can even imagine here. We're right here at the top of the hour. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. Uh, this is J.R. Thicklin. I'm your host, and you're listening to us right here on Soul of America Radio. We have a caller that's calling your last uh, uh, few digits is area code, not area code, but it's 1642, and I welcome you this evening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. Welcome tonight. Hi. I was listening at your conversation about this incident that happened, this suicide. Um, yes. Now, this time, you know, this time of year, a lot of people are really, um, excuse me, I'm called depressed and sad. Now, I didn't get the whole <clears throat> uh, thing of why. The, was there a reason why the young man did what he did? Well, the the reason is behind what it did, and no one has said that this is the most solid reason, but the fact of the matter that uh, they had had some issues there and a dispute about their three-month-old daughter, and uh, uh, the girlfriend had left for a few days. Apparently they did cohabitate, and she had left for a few days, and she came back, and the and the uh, arguments began to acceler- accelerate again, and from that point there he uh, he shot her repeatedly, left immediately from where he was, drove to the auditorium where they actually play ball there at the Kansas City uh, Chief at the Arrowhead Stadium, and uh, he was uh, talking on the phone to uh, not only the owner of the team but also some of the coaches, and then he shot and killed himself. Oh, that's okay. I didn't understand the whole I saw that on television, but I didn't understand the reason why. I'm like, he has his whole life in front of him. Why would he do such a thing? So you know, and, and Carla, you hit, yeah. you, you hit it right on the head, and, and there are so many questions puzzling about this. Because here's a young man. When you look at his profile, uh, he's, a, he's definitely an overachiever. Uh, he wasn't drafted into the NFL, so that means that he had to work hard to make his way on the team. And not only did he make exactly. his way on the team, but this year here, he's, he, I mean, he started in, uh, he has started uh, almost the entire season at linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, uh, you know, uh, he just signed a contract extension. Uh, it was one year for $2 million, I believe it was. But uh, he just signed a contract extension. So from the natural side, you would say things look like they're going great. Things are really coming up. But on the other side of the matter, what we have is the situation here in his in his uh, personal life that uh, took him to a whole nother place. And and I think the saddest thing that breaks my heart is the, really the pain that that both families must feel at this point. And there's a three month old baby, a daughter, who's wow instantly an orphan, and that is where the pain is so deep, is because of the fact. These things happen, and you wonder, who heard the cry? Do do we live in a society that has become so tolerable of violence that even if someone heard heard the arguments or seen even any prior abuse, who speaks up these days? 
Or who simply right. say, well, you know, everyone have their spats. And that is the problem because domestic violence is not just a lover's quarrel. It's not just spat. There's history oftentimes of the controlling, the isolation, uh, you know, these type of mental things that happen. And I don't know if you were listening when we had our caller on just earlier when she gave her own personal account of having been uh, basically abused in an abusive situation, having a gun put to her head, and, uh, and, you know, and then being told how they're going to kill you and where they're going to bury you and to, and to compound that with the fact this is happening from a person who said I love you a person who said that I'm crazy about you and I want to spend my life with you but I can pull a gun on you and threaten to take your life this is and the there's two so and there's two like an obsession is obsessive or what you know what I mean you never know. Yeah, that's exactly right. But I think I think another point was made very much so is recognizing early behavior, recognizing signs. You know, it goes back once again that, you know, we literally, we literally all have a need to be healthy. And I'm not just talking about physically healthy. I'm talking about mentally healthy, spiritually healthy, because I do believe this in some cases. I believe in some cases when a person themselves you know, may, may may feel a certain way about themselves, maybe not good about themselves. And there's someone who comes along and gives the pretense that I love you, you're the best thing to slice bread, I want to be with you. And oftentimes that sounds good to a person who needs it, who is needy, who may not feel really good about themselves, and it sounds great. And so even in early going when that person is somewhat smothering you, or this person is all of a sudden have kind of isolated you from family, from friends, you know, they want to spend every moment with you, if you are a needy person, you really see that as love because all of a sudden somebody wants you, and they only want you to be around them. And what you don't notice until it's oftentimes too late is that this individual is literally controlling your very life down to the right. flavor Kool-Aid that you that you drink. And oftentimes by that time, it's much too late. How many people okay. fall in that category? Right. How many people fall in that category? I was thinking about that, though. That's something. You know, I had a, I have a girlfriend. Her sister, it happened to her the same way. It's been seven years back. Um, she's a supervisor, and she married a young man. And she was actually getting married to get they were going to have, they were separating. And he didn't want that to happen. He killed his wife in front of his children. Wow. And wow. It's, it's, yeah, and it's, it's, it's still trickling down with that family today. Yeah, it doesn't and go away. That's the tragedy. Didn't want to leave her, you know, right, right in front of her kids. These were, these were, they were 13 and 14 years old. They but weren't still like traumatized. The but you, but, but, yeah. but traumatized uh, even the more. Because here you are exactly. in the, you know, 13 and 14-year-old is a very pivotal time in a child's life. And to see the expression of what's supposed to have been love played out in the form of seeing uh, their mother uh, murdered in front of them, that is exactly. trauma. That is exactly. trauma. And it will affect even the way they see relationships, the way they see, you know, I mean, trust issues. I mean, you just can't go loving someone else immediately after seeing those same things happen between two people that say they love each other, and that has to be very tragic there. And, um, you know, and unfortunately, you know, our communities are much too silent about it. 
we're much too silent about it. I have a dear friend of mine, nationally uh, nationally known speaker, uh, Mildred Muhammad. Most people, you know her as the wife of the uh, D.C. sniper. And uh, Mildred, Mildred, after the whole situation happened, Mildred started an organization that is called After the Trauma. And After the Trauma is exactly for that because, in fact, where is the help? After the trauma, where's the help for those that even after? I mean, I talk a lot about what to do uh, before it happens and the prevention end, and that's true. But we'll never catch every case before it becomes one that is uh, irreversible. But there is a great need. What happens after the trauma? What happens after this falls out of the news? What happens to those? What happens to that three-month-old baby? What happens right, to right. that family there, his family and her family? So. There has to be things done in our community, and I'm going to go right back to where I often go. We have you know, to have. I think there had to be some signs somewhere. Did, were people overlooking it because of who they were, or what? Did they just not care, or something? Something had to be going on that someone could see. They just, like you said, it needs to get out. It needs to be out there that this is happening, and you need to take action, and not just to look the other way. You, you hit a very important point because when you say, you know, someone had to see what's happening, or did they just kind of discount it because of the fact of who he was and his status and things, and we see that happen. And that's a real good place to start, even amongst people, and I will say even amongst a lot of time people of color. I've seen it happen. You know, if a person has a status, if they have a position, we tend to be more forgiving. We turn the other way. It's okay. Right. We, even, we even tell the victim, you ought to, you know what, you just need to straighten up because you ought to be happy to have him. Uh, you know, exactly. you know, you know. Listen, many people would love to have him. You know, you know. You don't have to worry about you know this. And we normally talk about finances and things. But do we understand the inner working? At what price does that individual pay to hang right. on to this? It, 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 what she pay? You paying? She paying for her life? She paid with it for her life exactly to be in that position. Right. You know? You're, you're exactly right. You have to. You have to draw the line somewhere. The money isn't everything. Your life is more important. You can't buy back a life. And you're exactly right. But you know what? But it reminds me of a story. And I, I, it reminds me of a story of uh, definitely of a young lady who uh, she's a survivor. Now, actually, uh, she worked with me very early on many years ago. And the thing she talks about was the abuse that she endured even in high school. But she was dating this guy who's a, a little older. But the guy was already into drug dealing and things. So he had money. And so it was nothing for him to buy gifts and break off a, a few dollars here and there. And the story goes that it's a fact that when he started abusing her and thing, because he had gotten in so well with her mother and gotten in so much well with the family, she had nowhere to to cry and tell them that she was being abused. The family was sucked in because he was buying them gifts. He was giving them presents. He was giving them exactly. things that they desire. And so they overlooked her misery or, felt, or basically minimized what she was going through because they were being taken care of. And we have to right. be very concerned, even as a people, that we're not contributing to these type of behavior by, number one, by criticizing oftentimes the victim that's in the relationship. And we criticize and tell them the you ought to be grateful. You ought to be thankful that you have this type of man. He's making good money. He's taking good care of you. And so now the victim feels almost that I'm going to do myself a disservice and I'm going to let down my family if I let this man go or if I walk away from him. And that's why we as people have to be more open-minded to understand, as you just said, money isn't. Everything right, you and know, you they, cannot replace the feel, value of a life right. inside of that. Well, person feel a, guilty about 
letting go of their meal ticket. You know, you know, what am I going to do here? I'm in this position, and if I do this, then everybody's going to suffer. But yet, still, you're suffering. Exactly. And, and that and that goes back to once again those values. And I think that everyone has to be able to look at the person. I love you. I love you the way you are. I love you when you didn't have anything. And I'll love you if you walk away from that. Because if you're unhappy and you're not safe and you're being abused, then there's no reason for you to stay there. And that is absolutely right. crucial in this day and time. So that is something I think that every one of us have to be very mindful of and cognizant of as we deal with loved ones, with friends, with coworkers. We've all seen it. It happens. And this is the statement I want to say, and I thank you so very much for calling in. Right. You, you, you've been a thank great you. caller. I thank you for your points that you made because I think we need to be very much cognizant of them. And I think that people got to recognize today that what we're dealing with is something that is a very, very big societal issue, and if we don't change the way that we look at things, if we don't change the way that we handle things, we're going to find ourselves doing a disservice. Here's something to think about. Who have entrusted you with their pain and their stories? See, when someone comes to you and they're telling you that they're having these type of issues, what do you do with them? Because you've got to understand that you're there for a reason. And I really want you to understand this is a crucial time. Eric code 323-784-9638. You're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, right here on the Soul of America radio station. This is J.R. Thicklin. I'm your host, and I'm so glad to have you with us tonight. Uh, those of you that are listening by um, phone here at Eric code 323-784-9638, if you have a question, you have a comment, uh, you can definitely uh, just hit the number one on your keypad. And the engineer will recognize that you're there, and we will put you on the air. Uh, we welcome your comments. We welcome your question there. Those of you that are listening by uh, Internet tonight, uh, we definitely uh, would like to answer your question. If you're sending anything to our mailbox, we will definitely look forward to uh, getting to it and um, getting back with you. Uh, tell a friend, tell a neighbor. This is a very, very important issue here today as we talk about the Kansas City player. But I want to go back a little further, and I'm not picking on just athletes or the NFL today, but, you know, this is such a recurring thing. Some of you will remember the whole story of Ray Carruth, uh, uh, played for the Carolina Panthers many years ago, horrible domestic violence situation that took place back in that time there. Many of you will remember many other NFL players I could bring to pass where we've had domestic violence uh, to happen inside of tragedy. Let me give you one that's more recently that happened just a few years ago. It happened between a guy who I considered a very good guy at the time, uh, Mr. Steve McNair, uh, played um, uh, played there for the Tennessee Titans, uh, was a tremendous individual, he ended up retiring, I believe, there with the Baltimore Ravens, and his situation was just a little different. He lost his life. He lost his life in the midst uh, by a young lady whom he was seeing, a young lady whom he was seeing, though Mr. McNair was married. And the young lady actually shot and killed him. Um, and uh, what a tragedy it was. But the story goes on, and we can go on, and we see domestic violence uh, and domestic violence tragedies that, that is happening throughout our society, uh, not just with the high-profile athletes and celebrities. It's happening everywhere we go. And the thing that has concerned me is the fact that we're seeing more and more of these suicide, homicide, suicides, and formalicides that continue to happen, 
as it relates to domestic violence. Domestic violence is a serious topic. It's a serious matter, and we have to address it. We have to address it in our society. We have to address it in our churches. We have to address it more in our fraternities and our sororities. I'm just simply about this. It's not about show. It's about things that affect everyday life. And so as fraternities, as sororities, as churches, as businesses, as you know, as uh, chambers of commerce, these are issues that we have to talk about because domestic violence is a very expensive uh, proposition to each and every year. Over, I mean, nearly thirteen billion dollars is spent uh, addressing the issue of domestic violence, but most of it is reactionary and, and those type of matters. But we've got to start addressing it more. We've got to remove the barriers and address things like teen dating violence in the high schools, in the middle school, in the elementary school, because it's happening too often. Is teenagers, middle school kids, are in abusive relationship. They're being, I mean, they're bullying one another. We've had high school kids that are pulling guns and knives out on their girlfriends and boyfriends. This is ridiculous. It is a culture of violence that has to be broken. And you got to recognize that domestic violence is homegrown. What do you mean homegrown? It's a learned behavior, folks. It's a learned behavior. We cannot expect people to know how to conduct themselves if they're watching their adults parents and other ones uh, conduct themselves as if there is no end. You're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is J.R. Ficklin. I'm so glad that you've joined us. Right on the other side of break, we're going to take more of your calls. Area code 323-784-9638. That's where you can reach us at. I'll see you on the other side of the break. Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness.
Welcome back to Hope and Healing, a journey. Welcome back to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. Wow, what a night, what a night has been. I'm telling you, I'm getting calls even after off the airway about this particular story of what's happening here. Those of you that are listening to me tonight, some of you have fallen off the board, others you have joined us on the board tonight. This is a real serious matter here. And I'm going to say something to you folks. You know, we can act cavalier toward the subject matter if we like to, but the reality is is that somebody's son, somebody's daughter, somebody's mother, somebody's father, somebody's sister, somebody's brother is being affected by this, and it's happening every single day. And it's happening way too often in our society. And I'm going to tell you something. Your voice is a powerful voice. Your voice needs to be heard. If you are outraged by this, if you know that not only is it going to take prayer, but it's going to take people willing to work. I spent this weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday, in a place called Ocala, Florida. Now, Ocala, Florida is just up, is, I mean, it's up the road uh, by, uh, north of Orlando, Florida, and just south of Gainesville, Florida. But I was there with a brotherhood there from a church because of the fact the pastor, and I, I commended him, the pastor recognized the issue of domestic violence was uh, a very serious issue and that it was one that was not being addressed by the church. Uh, he had the opportunity of hearing me at a national conference in Tampa, Florida, earlier in the year. I was there for the uh, speaking at the uh, National Preventing Crime in the Black Community Conference, and he he actually uh, walked inside of my presentation as I was dealing with the village keeper. Where are the village keepers? And when I was talking about village keepers, I was talking about the people in our community, the people in our community, the the, the business owner, the, the the pastors, the churches, the the school teachers, the you know the the neighbor. All of those that make up the village keeper, where are they? Because we're living in a society in a time that the role model is dissipating. We're, you know, that now that rather than people step, stepping out and being a useful voice, we rather, you know, withdraw into the confines of our comfortable houses and our comfortable places of living and our comfortable gated communities and our comfortable little mansions to ourselves and not recognizing that our society is, our society is literally hurting. In the words of the uh, Conference of Catholic Bishops, our families are torn by violence. Our communities are destroyed by violence. Our faith is tested by violence. And it's incumbent upon us as people to we to really address the violence that is happening. And so in doing so, we must, do, we must sound the alarm. But as I was saying, this pastor heard me there, and he was moved enough to say, listen, We've got to do something about domestic violence. Will you come to our city and speak to us and speak to our conference concerning the issue of domestic violence in our society? And what must we do about it? How can we do something about it? And I'm challenging every one of you that are listening to me today that you go, if you belong to a fraternity or sorority, you go and bring that subject matter up and say, what are we willing to do? Uh, to help uh, address domestic violence. If you're listening to me today, I would love to. If you would like to partner with me or my organization inside addressing domestic violence, feel free to do so. Uh, you could give me a call. Uh, you could email me. Um, uh, if you're there on the Internet, you can go directly to uh, there at the Hope and Healing inside of the uh, box there, and you can send me a message, or you can send me a message at manofpurpose2000 at gmail.com. That's manofpurpose2000 at gmail.com. And uh, definitely, if you belong to a fraternity, you belong to a sorority, 
uh, if you belong to an organization, if you belong to a church, it is time now that we raise the uh, raise the awareness that we do something, that we put things in place that's going to combat and address domestic violence. It's a crucial issue in our day and time, and we cannot allow it just to continue to happen. Listen, I ask you to remember the family, uh, the family of both Cassandra Bell and uh, the family there of uh, uh, Javon Belcher there of the Kansas City Chiefs because this is a tragedy. I continue to say no one wins, and I'll say it again. No one wins with domestic violence. No one wins. There is no winner. Everyone loses when domestic violence happens. There's no winner. The perpetrator is not a winner. The children are not a winner. The, uh, the, the victim is not a winner. No one is a winner when it comes to domestic violence. So I want to invite you today uh, to make it that your pack. Now, I called her earlier, kind of alluded to something that I thought was interesting, and she's exactly right. You know, this time of year, holiday time of the year, people experience many different types of emotional uh, losses and grief and emotional uh, uh, things happen. And people make a lot of decisions, ill-informed decisions in many cases, and relationships can become very turbulent during these times here. People, don't let the artificial construct of holidays drive you to compromise. Don't let it drive you to compromise because that's what it is. I call it the artificial construct. If your heart is filled with giving and giving gifts in vain, whether it's the 25th of the month of December or whether it's the 13th of the month of June, you do it because in your heart that you do it. Your heart is filled with compassion and you want to give. But don't compromise your life. Don't compromise your status. Don't compromise who you are in order to be in a relationship in order to say that you did something for Christmas or you had someone for Christmas. Oh, I know all the songs out there that continues to uh, uh, encourage one to say that Christmas is just not Christmas without the one you love and all these other songs. But let me say something to you. Your life is valuable, and your life is too valuable for you to find yourself in a position of danger. So once again, I want to give out our number, the national number to the hotline. The National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-SAFE. As we get ready to close this show on tonight, I thank each and every one of our callers that called in, every one of you that are listening by way of radio. But I'm going to give you an assignment. And my assignment to you tonight is to do this. Break your silence if you know of anyone of you or you yourself are experiencing domestic violence. Number two, break your silence about the prevalence of domestic violence. Open up your mouth. Speak out against it. Thirdly, get somebody else to come along with you. Encourage someone else to speak up against this epidemic. You'll be glad that you did. Children are dying. People are dying. Families are being destroyed. You and I have the power to do something about it. We have to do something about it. Not only shall we pray, but we shall also work, because faith without works is dead. And I want to encourage you tonight that as you go forth, as you begin to make a difference, I want you to remember the family of Javon Belcher and the family of Cassandra Bell and that beautiful little girl, unfortunately, who will never know her parents. Little Zoe was the name is her name. So pray for that family. Pray for uh, the community at large because this is a tragedy. And until next week, this is J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so glad that you've joined us here on Soul of America Radio, A Journey to Wholeness. 
Join us next week. Very special guest on next week. Uh, join us at that time right here on the same station, Soul of America Radio. And just know that no matter what you're going through, no matter how bad it may feel, you can rise. You can rise above all pain, all adversity. And until next week, they are the kind of said thank you for joining us here on Soul of America Radio. Good evening.